Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. My name's Blake, and I'm here with the best host in the galaxy. First up, we have the ever-elusive Grant. I had to get my title back. And the funny one, Wesley. I'm just your friendly neighborhood, Wesley. What's up, dorks? So, great stuff there. We, we've missed having Grant on and Diedrich and Andrew. We, we've had a period where you guys have kind of been in and out. It's Everyone's been real busy lately, it seems. It's a tough time out there, man. Can't afford gas prices anymore. We all record from our house. <laughs> it's a long way to travel from the couch to the chair. <laughs> Did I mention I tried to put $15 in my car today and it took gas out of my tank? It was, it was pretty nuts. I... <laughs> It's brutal. It's brutal out there, man. On a happier note, let's get into some nerd culture news real quick. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this, whoever you are. So first up, we have the Morbius movie coming out on April 1st, 2022. A great villain. I'm expecting some great stuff. Um... What are your guys' thoughts on Morbius? When I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, this is like a new scary movie. And then come to find out it's a Marvel movie or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I have no idea about this, but... Yeah, it builds off of Michael Morbius. I, I, I don't know. Um, I was hesitantly like, okay. I, gives me a lot of Venom type of vibes, but... Yeah, You know, same. I liked Venom, but it's very niche and you have to go in there and limit your expectations otherwise you're just going to find yourself disappointed well it seems that morbius is in the same universe as venom i think that's the the consensus here however michael keaton is in this movie who previously played the vulture in the mcu's universe for spider-man so i don't know how that's all going to tie together i know there's some rumors Mm -hmm. that andrew garfield could even be in this this could be his his universe so uh, here's the hoping, because I'd love to see some more Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, Andrew Garfield does. Uh, he was great in the recent Spider-Man film. So uh, love to see anyone return. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get into that later on with our main topic. Uh, we're talking about Spider-Man tonight. If you didn't know, uh, if you've read the title, I'm sure you already know. But uh, moving on now, we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming out May 6, 2022. I'm so psyched for this movie. I I can't wait to see what's happening with it. I've seen No Way Home. I've watched most of the uh, MCU shows on Disney+. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be lit. Am I not right? I mean, this is going to be an amazing movie. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because, you know, I love Doctor Strange movies myself. And and I was a little surprised by this one. Because this this, this movie, uh, Doctor Strange is in the new Spider-Man movie. So I was just surprised that... This new movie comes out so soon. It seemed like he just had a movie, you know? Yeah, but that uh, that movie came out in 2018, I think. But uh, yeah, but he was a big part of that one. But he's talking about being a big part of uh, No Way Home. I mean, he was a big part of the plot, but he wasn't there all that much. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. I'll just... This, this movie snuck up on me, that's all. I know I'm excited for this movie. Uh, it just seems like anyone could show up. I've heard rumors, you know, Tobey Maguire is coming back. 
I've even heard a rumor that, you know, we could have Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier, and then I just heard Fresh Off the Presses that uh, it, it's possible that Blake might show up as Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Blake might show up as Blake from Dork Wars the Podcast in the film, even. <laughs> i tell you what, I, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that because it's not true at all. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> then I wouldn't have to do this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I would still do this podcast. I love you guys. I love all the listeners. Aww. But um, I think Patrick Stewart is actually confirmed as being on the cast. I don't know if it's as Professor X, but he's on the cast for this movie. I uh, have Elizabeth Olsen returning as uh, Scarlet Witch. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm I'm so mm. psyched for this. And I didn't think I would be because Doctor Strange is one of those heroes to me that is it's, he's cool. But he's not like one of the main heroes, you know. He's kind of like a background hero for me, like a B-lister. And once you see the movies and you watch Doctor Strange, the movie, it's a pretty good movie. Then you see him in Avengers and then the um, No Way Home movie. He really takes on this this role as kind of like the leader of the new MCU. And I like that. And I, and I can't wait to see what he does in this movie. Yeah, so, in some Star Wars news, it is reported that Christopher Lloyd has been cast for The Mandalorian Season 3. And let me tell you guys, I'm excited. Because Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies ever. Like, that, yeah. the whole trilogy. Love that trilogy. I love Christopher Lloyd in Roger Rabbit. Plays a menacing villain. I love him in Clue. I love him in um, Star Trek Search for Spock. Uh, that's the third Star Trek movie. Oh my god, I love it. He's in so much. He is such an icon. I cannot wait to see Christopher Lloyd in The Mandalorian. It, it, I just, I just don't know what to expect. I'm speechless. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's gonna be, gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, who knows? Maybe he may be the lifeline to fixing the, the issue of the Disney sequels. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Don't break. Yes. I, I've gotten some. I've gotten some hate. This this week, I posted a meme. If if you guys are uh, on our socials, check out our Twitter page or Facebook page. I posted a meme, and it's Doc Brown sitting at a desk talking to uh, Dave Filoni about uh, fixing the Star Wars sequels, and and Ahsoka's death caused the destruction of the franchise, and all this stuff happens. I, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think the sequels are getting retconned. But it was a funny meme, and I even put as a disclaimer on these posts that it's just a joke, and people still don't see it as a joke. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I can't. The wait internet's to see. sensitive. They are. There's there's some sensitive people out there, and I can't wait to see what happens in Mandalorian season three. Let alone who Christopher Lloyd's playing. I really hope he's throughout the whole season. I hope it's not like a one bit part, yeah. or he's in it for like five minutes or just one episode. I, I yeah. Want, I want a major role out of him. I know he's getting older, but Christopher Lloyd is an amazing actor. He has a range of. All kinds of talents. He can do anything. Like if he puts his mind to it, he can act it. He can do anything he wants. And I can't wait to see what's going on with him in Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're not, you're not the only one that feels that way, Blake. I'm sure there's a whole group of of Star Wars nerds out there that are ready to see more Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. And I think he will have a big role on it. Um previously when they've announced guest stars are gonna be or people that got cast in the show. Um, they haven't just been a one episode type of appearance has been usually recurring or having a bigger role so uh i guess my prediction for him would probably be uh i'm guessing he'll have something to do with the cloning 
stuff that's going on. I think he's going to be one of the people involved in it. The cloning storyline we've got going on. So you think Christopher Lloyd is going to play a, a mad scientist in the likes of Doc Brown? Marty, we've got to clone the Emperor. Uh, that's going to be great. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, he kind of dressed up as old. He kind of dressed up as older in uh, Back to the Future, and now he's about the right age for it. Yeah, mm. that's true. That's that's very true. They they aged uh, Christopher Lloyd up and then aged him back down. For, it was crazy, man. That that whole we're gonna we're gonna take a trip to the Back to the Future trilogy one of these days Ooh. on Dark Wars the podcast. We're, we're gonna have to. Yeah, I'm such a nerd, and that's one of my favorite nerdy things. And Grant, I know <laughs> I know you are of the same nerd persuasion as I am. Yes, so sir. I know that you enjoy Back to the Future. I'm sure Wesley enjoys Back to the Future. Um, too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I don't mind it, but I love you guys. So if you guys like it, it makes you happy. Then it makes me happy. Oh no, I'm gonna have to fire Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, we because can get I... fired now. Oh Things yeah, have changed. Uh, yeah, did, didn't you read the contract you signed last week? There was a new contract. I thought it was just another napkin saying, "Here, sign me, please." Nope, no, no. There was not a. Uh, lovely female wanting your number. That's that was just that was just a contract. Um, so Dork Wars the podcast has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising. What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. So we have Dork Wars the T-shirt, Dork Wars the hoodie, Dork Wars the coffee mug. We even have Dork Wars the web shooters. Um, exclusive only if you are a Spider-Man. So just type in promo code the Spider-Man. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. We don't have. Uh, web shooters with the Dork Wars name on them, but that'd be pretty cool. About to say that's because we are strong believers, and only the Topian requires the true Spider Man. He doesn't need them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'm about to go there too. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh geez. Let's uh, let's let's keep a cap on that for a few minutes later. But um, mm-hmm. nonetheless, check out our merch store. If you like Dork Wars the podcast, if you like our logo, if you just like being nerdy, check out the the uh, merch store. Get some merch. Where Dork Wars the Podcast, wherever you go. Dork Wars the Podcast is also part of a network of other geeky, nerdy Star Wars podcasts. And that is the Red 5 Network. So let's uh, roll the promo. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. So tonight we are talking about Spider Man. <laughs> So we're going to be breaking down the uh, top three Spider-Men. You have Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Peter Pooker. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Peter Porker. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, friendly neighborhood Spider-Ham, spins a web, that's the gig, kind of weird, cause he's a big lookout, here comes the Spider-Ham. Peter Porker, oh no, not Peter, Peter Porker, no, he's not one of the main Spider-Men, he is in my heart, but he's not one of the main Spider-Men, and Tom Holland, so we're going to talk about their movies, I would say trilogies, but poor Andrew Garfield never got his trilogy, he he got a duo, he got a, he got a duet. Duology. A duology, yeah. Um, we're we're going to break down those three Spider-Men, and, and we're going to mm-hmm. go in order. So when we get to your favorite Spider-Man, just 
just call it out, okay, guys? Because I want you guys to, mm-hmm. to, to get your say. We want to know who your favorite is and why. So mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about the, the first Spider-Man, the first live Where it action, all began. Where it all began. The first live action movie. The, the awesomeness. The first, <laughs> the first MCU film. The first MCU film. It's now confirmed. Spoiler alert, by the way. We have to sound the spoiler alarm before we keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, this is not the podcast to be listening to right now because we're going into full spoilers. Um, It's been out for a while now, so I believe most of you are going to stick around. But just in case, there's some major spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home in the rest of this show. So, yes, let's start out with Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man trilogy comes out in, what was it, 2000? 2002. 2002? And then, uh, was it 2005 for the second one? I want to say four, but... Yeah, because Spider-Man 3 came out, I think, I may have been in high school, I may have just beginning in high school, so probably 2007 or 8 was Spider-Man 3. Yeah, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2 came out in 2004. Yeah. And then Spider-Man... Three, I don't have a date for that one. It was sometime in 2006-7. Yeah. But the original Spider-Man movie seems to be the first movie in the MCU at this point because we know that Tobey Maguire comes into Spider-Man No Way Home and his movies predate anything in the MCU. It even predates the Hulk movie that came out, the first Hulk movie in like the 2000s that was not very good. I guess y'all liked it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it's so unmemorable. I can't even remember anything bad to say about it. That's how bad it is. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a bad movie, man. It, it just, the, the acting was very wooden. Um, anyways, we're talking about Spider-Man. We'll get to Hulk another time. But um, Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man was amazing. He was an amazing Peter Parker. Yep. Okay, and I, I love his Peter Parker. His Spider-Man was good. I liked his Spider-Maniness. But his Peter Parker was spot on. Like, he was the nerd. He was the guy in the background. He was the one taking pictures on the field trip. And he was the one in the, I guess he was in the yearbook club. And he was the one that was just kind of in the background. He was the one that you copied your homework off of. Not the the really cool like quippy guy. He wasn't. He wasn't. Um. He wasn't the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. No, Andrew Garfield was more of a <laughs> like a hipster Spider Man. I, I don't want to say hipster, but he was. He was like current nerd culture, which makes sense because his movies are more modern. Yeah. But, yeah. um, uh, but Tobey Maguire really played the classic nerd well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I think he did a very good Peter Parker, yeah. And did, a, and did yeah. an excellent Spider-Man. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking away from his Spider-Man, but his Peter Parker was so spot on that I think that the, the moments that really shine in those movies are him as Peter Parker, not as Spider-Man. And people might hate me for that. No. Um, I, I would... I'm thinking specifically like Spider-Man 2, the train scene, and how, how do you not say that's one of the shining moments in any superhero film. 
like I, that. You I po- agree. You point to that scene, and it, it just people still hold it in such high regard. But that's one scene out of a trilogy of movies. And even then, I believe he's playing Peter Parker there more than he's playing Spider-Man. And you can say that Peter Parker and Spider-Man, of course, are the same person. They're the same identity. But there is a separation there. He has a secret identity for a reason. And there, they, Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire, or excuse me, Spider-Man and Peter Parker come together in a way that it just really brings everything home. Like, this is just a kid who's doing the right thing. Like, he's just, he's been blessed with these powers, and he's trying to help us out. And yes, it's one of the greatest superhero moments, I think, in cinematic history. But I still believe that it is more about Peter Parker than it is about his identity as Spider-Man. And while we're talking about Spider-Man 2, I think that's the best of of the three of his movies. Spider-Man 2 was... Just amazing. You have him going against Doc Ock, who's a classic villain. You have him Mm -hmm. turning away from the suit. He's fed up with being Spider-Man. He doesn't think he's worthy of protecting the city, and he has all of these doubts. And he turns away from being a superhero. And this conflict that he has is just very humanizing. It's something that we can relate with. And I feel like a lot of Marvel characters this way, but especially Spider-Man, you can relate to Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. He is just an everyday guy who just happens to have powers. I agree, Blake. Yep. Um, Spider-Man 2 was probably Tobey Maguire's best performance, I think. And um, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and it got a 93%. So the people agree, too. I'm glad the people agree. Yeah. The, <laughs> the people have spoken. Spider-Man 2 is a fantastic film. I, I do enjoy it. For me, Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2 both go back and back or back and forth yeah. about about which is my Absolutely. favorite of that. Um yeah. because like just the Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin and one, we kind of skipped over one, yes. but I, I don't want to skip over that because Willem Dafoe, he was so good at it, they decided to bring him back twenty years later and do it again. Parker must be educated. What do I do? Instruct him in the matters of loss and pain. Yes, his Norman Osborn is on point. It's not even his Norman Osborn because, like, much like Peter Parker and the way we described Tobey Maguire being Peter Parker and Spider-Man, Willem Dafoe doesn't just play, um, you know, Norman Osborn. He's also playing the Green Goblin. And and the way he just flips a switch and you can just, like, see it in his face, he doesn't even do anything. It, and you can see tell oh this is the green goblin this isn't norman anymore it's it's so iconic and it's so uh, amazing i don't think there's any other actor who could really pull this off well spider-man and peter parker are the same person and they're of the same mind they are the same person um norman osborne and green goblin are separate people like it's it's two consciousness going on in this one body that's that's the kind of thing we're seeing here with Norman Osborn as Green Goblin. And William Willem Dafoe plays it so well. One minute he is Norman Osborn, the next minute he is the Green Goblin talking to Norman Osborn to himself through a mirror and through all this and that. And it's amazing that he can play this part and play two totally different personalities and make us believe that. Like, I, I was totally sold on Willem Dafoe 
in Spider-Man 1 and even in the new Spider-Man. Of course, he's in Spider-Man No Way Home. We'll get to that. But Willem Dafoe is an amazing actor. I really love the way that he embodied the Green Goblin. Wesley, I want to make sure you had time to talk about Willem if you wanted to here. I just did. I just talked about it. I was saying Wesley Blake because... Uh, oh, oh, my, oh, my bad. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm good. Y'all yeah, covered it. So. Man, you don't even like Willem Dafoe. It's okay. No. He, but, he did an iconic job, like, hands down, one of the best. While we're talking about the villains uh, of the Sam Raimi universe, I, I think we should just go ahead and talk about them as a whole because they, they did cover... A lot of the major villains that that are in Spider-Man um, through the comics and the uh, old cartoons, um, you know, Green Goblin, uh, Doc Ock, and then in Spider-Man three we get Sandman, uh, Sandman, the new Goblin, which is actually a spin off of the Hob Goblin, well, a spin off of the Green Goblin, right. Harry's Green Goblin. He's kind of like a Hob Goblin. I don't know. I don't well, know no, no. In the nineties cartoon, goblin. Harry does become the Green Goblin after Norman disappears, and that's what I think they're really going for, uh, rather than the Hobgoblin. And then um, we also got Eddie Brock's Venom, the first iteration, and not my favorite Venom. Um, yeah. Not I, my favorite Venom. Spider-Man 3 is a mixed bag for me. I think there was a lot of great ideas. I don't think the acting was horrible, but there were some scenes that were just weird. You got... Billy McGuire? Yeah, Tobey Maguire with his emo punk personality when he was <laughs> infected by the venoms i get he was trying to make a change from his regular self but he was <laughs> he was so goofy <laughs> like his his yeah. venom peter parker was just like a goofball who thought he was all that like his little dance moves and the way that he oh, just like gosh. busted up in a room and the whole jazz dance scene where he was with gwen stacy who was trying to make uh, Mary Jane yeah. Jell. It was weird, man. Like that whole scene was that, or not even seen. It was a couple of scenes there together that were just odd. Like, <laughs> just didn't make any sense to me. That scene alone makes that the least favorite Spider-Man movie out of all. Of them. But I don't know, man. I do like the scene. It's a good scene. Like if you take it out of a Spider-Man movie, it is a really good scene. It's it's. <laughs> It's a really good meme scene because even to this day, that's like the prime meme material, and new memes are made from it like every day. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, dude, I, I like uh, I like what is it? Spider Man says something. They're doing the dance, and it all, it all slows down. He just starts snapping. Now dig on this. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's. It's unnecessary. Like, it's an unnecessary scene. <laughs> I like it for all the wrong reasons. We should point out here that Andrew, who is usually on Dork Wars Podcast, uh, made sure that we mentioned for him that Bully Maguire is his favorite, uh, his favorite Spider-Man. He loves emo <laughs> Tobey Maguire. He loves emo Spider-Man. From Spider-Man 3, specifically. <laughs> so Andrew, Andrew could not be with us tonight. He was, he was tied up. But this is for you, buddy. He loves emo Spider-Man. Parker, you are such a boy scout. When are you going to give a guy a break? You want forgiveness? Get religion. What's going on here? Are you guys all right? 
And now one thing I didn't like about these movies, though, is Gwen Stacy was in Spider-Man 3. Well, Gwen Stacy is Spider-Man's first love. Okay, Peter Parker loves Gwen Stacy first and more. In my opinion, he loves her more than he ever loved Mary Jane. We can all go back and forth on this. Whatever, but in the comics, man, that was his first love and that was his his that was his main main squeeze. And I think they did her dirty in the Sam Raimi trilogy. Like I, I get why they went with Mary Jane. She's the more well known counterpart to Peter Parker. But mm-hmm. to just bring her in on the fly on Spider Man three, like they yeah. didn't even have a relationship really. I, I didn't no. care for that. That's what that's one thing about Spider-Man movies is, of course, we talk about the villains and you know the important role of of making a good Spider-Man movie, but also it's the love story, right, and the relationship partner that Peter Parker goes after. So, yeah, I, I agree, Blake. I think that Gwen Stacy was rushed in that first trilogy. Yeah, and in Spider-Man, we talked about him being like the everyman, right, but with superpowers, and he loves like the rest of us loves. We're interested in his love life because we won't love ourselves. We see ourselves in Spider-Man. That's what makes him so relatable. That's why he's been such an icon. That's why he's one of the best superheroes out there. It's because he's relatable. And to see him just love on Mary Jane and not even have that first experience with Gwen, I think most comic book nerds were like, oh man, they kind of did her dirty. But most people were like, okay, I mean, we know who Mary Jane is, who cares? But that's something that just struck a chord with me. Um, as far as the villains, I, I want to go back to the villains real quick. I love seeing Venom in Spider-Man 3. I think they could have left the Sandman stuff out. I think Harry Goblin could have been better if they would have devoted more time to him. Um, but I think it should have been either... Harry as the Green Goblin being the main villain or Venom being the main villain and there should have been a fourth movie. And just leave Sandman out because while his plot does kind of resolve the Uncle Ben dying thing, I feel like we got that resolution in the first Spider-Man. We we really did. Like It's not even mentioned in Spider-Man 2, really. And they just kind of trudge it all back up in Spider-Man 3. Like, oh, he's still grappling with this. And we get it. I get it. He should still grapple with that. He'll probably grapple with that his whole life. But it being in the forefront of his mind, it being like a major factor in the plot development, I don't think it should have been there. I think they could have just left Sandman out of the whole third Spider-Man movie. That's one thing about not just this one, but several of the Spider-Man movies is I feel like they introduce a lot of villains and. I I don't that that's not the kind of movie I like. I, I like just one villain, make it simple, you know, but but you know, to each their own. Well, I, I think the reason they didn't focus in on Venom so much was if you go back to the promotion material, Venom wasn't even really seen. That's um right. they we showed they didn't show Eddie Brock being Venom or anything like that. It was kinda of like a surprise type deal. Uh you, you got to the movie and that was your big your big reveal kind of was Eddie Brock is actually going to be Venom in this film. It isn't going to be in the fourth one like uh, people had originally speculated. Yeah, and I, and I liked Eddie Brock in this movie. I can't think of the actor's name. It's the guy from uh, That 70s Show. Um, what's the guy's name he plays? He plays... Um, can't think of his name right now. I haven't watched it. You've never seen That 70s Show? Uh, it's Mm-mm. Topher Grace is his real name. Yeah, Topher, yeah, that's right. Topher Grace. 
he does a really good Eddie Brock. I I like his Venom as well, but I just feel like with everything else in that movie, it was just rushed. You don't have enough time with each villain to really get attached to him. I mean, in the second Spider-Man movie, you have Doc Ock, who you get his turn to evil. You get why he's a bad guy. In the first movie, you yep. have Willem Dafoe. As that was a good Goblin, villain. And that was a great villain, too. Yeah, yep. they're both really good villains. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock was amazing. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin was amazing. But they were the big villains in both movies, and we developed their characters very, very well. Um, Sandman, they spent a lot of time on Sandman in Spider-Man 3 and developed his story probably better than Venom or Harry's, but Harry did have like the whole trilogy to kind of, to kind of build his story up, even though it just kind of came out of nowhere that he just becomes the goblin, you know, it's, I just wish they would have spent a little bit more time on either Venom or the goblin, not the Sandman. But, um, so I guess out of this trilogy, we get that Tobey Maguire played a great Peter Parker, played a really good Spider-Man as well. And most of the villains are iconic. They're great. You got uh, Green Goblin, Willem Dafoe did an amazing job. Alfred Molina did a great, uh, Alfred Molina did a a great job as Doc Ock. And the third movie, we, we had some shining moments, but overall it was rushed. Does anyone have anything else to say about the uh, Sam Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, this is uh, one that I held very dear to my heart. I grew up with it. And so yeah. um, for the longest time, it was my favorite until recently, my favorite trilogy. And uh, Tobey yeah. Maguire was my favorite Spider-Man. Um, in fact, the first Spider-Man film, I told you guys I had a story and this is it. First Spider-Man film, I watched it so much as a kid on DVD that I literally broke the DVD from watching it, and we had to buy another one because I, oh. I wanted to keep watching it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so distraught, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I literally watched a DVD into breaking itself, and it wouldn't work anymore, so we had to buy it again. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. And that movie came out in the midst, of, I think we had Spider-Man, not too too long after that, we had the first, or did X-Men come out before that? I can't remember. Uh, Yeah, it was X-Men and then Spider-Man. Yeah, X-Men was right The original the X-Men time. came out in 2000, I think. Yeah, if I, remember I think you're correctly. right. And it was a good movie as well. I love the original X-Men. X2 is amazing. But um, we have all these kind of uh, superhero movies coming out and keeping in their own little timelines and universes. Nothing like we have mm-hmm. today. And Spider-Man was a great one. It really was. I'm um, the original. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's ever going to be anything like it because it's the first time we saw Spider-Man in a cinematic light. It's the first, like, Spider-Man movie. And Tobey Maguire did a great job. It was it was kind of one of the first movies to bring the superhero movie genre into pop culture. Yeah, he definitely set the bar for what we expect out of a Spider-Man. And, Blake, uh, I... I don't mean you were 90s kids, so yeah, we, we definitely grew up as the, he was our Spider-Man, yeah. and Grant I, I said the same thing. So, All right, so moving on now, let's get into Andrew Garfield. Hey, my name is Spider-Man. You can call me Webhead, you can call me Amazing, just don't call me late for dinner, get it? I'm going to preface uh, Andrew Garfield before we even get started, and he might be my favorite Spider-Man. Uh, his Peter Whoa, Parker. I was not expecting that. I know. I know. I, I know you weren't. 
Um, I just had to like, sit up in my seat a little bit. I had to. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna. I'm ready for that one. I'm gonna go on and give my explanation now before we just talk about it. I'm just gonna give you my explanation. Is Peter Parker is good. I love his Peter Parker. It's a modern Peter Parker. Like the geek today is what um, Andrew Garfield played in his in his couple movies there. He played like a modern geek. He played He played that very well. He made his own web shooters. He did all the geeky, nerdy stuff that Spider-Man or Peter Parker does in the comics. Like he had like the intelligence and the know-how, and he did all that himself. I like that. I believe these two movies stick with the comics better than any other Spider-Man movies. Tom Holland or um Toby Maguire. These two movies Stick with the comics very well. His Spider-Man is hilarious. He does the best Spider-Man. He's quippy. He's quick. He tells the jokes. He gets it done. He's got the snark that Tobey Maguire didn't have. That that was my problem with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. It was great. And he did have the funny little sayings. And he made the jokes... But they weren't mm-hmm. like quick and witty in the way that Andrew Garfield's were. And I think that's what sets Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man apart from Tobey Maguire's. You a cop? Really? You seriously think I'm a cop? Cop in a skin-tight red and blue suit. You know, you're, 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 you've got a mind of the true scholar, sir. I, I was going more for one of the guys who do the louche. Good thinking, good thinking. Use the window. Get out the window. There you go. You got it. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. When uh, these films first came out, I refused to watch them because I was so distraught that it wasn't Tobey Maguire getting his Spider-Man mm-hmm. 4 like he was supposed to that I l- literally didn't watch these for years until after they came out. Just to bring this up now, there was supposed to be a fourth Spider-Man movie that was in the works. I don't know how far in development it got. It Was there a script? I don't know. But it they were going to do a fourth Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. It just never happened. Yep. Instead, they decided to reboot and come out with the Amazing Spider-Man series, a.k.a. uh, Andrew Garfield's. Um, And recently, I I rewatched these films getting ready for, uh, you know, uh, No Way Home, Um, you know, just in preparation, just in case they were going to show up. Mm -hmm. Spoiler Um, alert, they did. The villains were, but... (laughs) <laughs> just <laughs> we knew the villains were um especially uh specifically jamie fox um right we knew was going to show up there so i wanted to watch him be prepared and i was actually finding myself pleasantly surprised and actually going back now and watching those films really enjoying them a lot more and um yeah. really finding uh this peter parker to or andrew garfield's uh iteration of peter parker and spider-man to be really really nice and really interesting um his Peter Parker was probably a little bit too cool, kind of not not the quirky, nerdy the way to, uh, Tobey Maguire was. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit better for Peter. Um, it, Peter is a little bit more cool and less nerdy in his college days, but uh, th- right. this both of them take place during high school. Well, actually, the first film anyway. Um, so for Andrew, he's always in high school. He didn't get to get get to the college. <laughs> he didn't get yeah. to go to college. Poor him. Um, so Poor him. yeah. Um, yeah, but like overall, uh, 
really watching him and enjoyed it and then seeing him in no way home quick spoiler for that yeah he's there um he just seems tortured and seeing him older he almost seems like the spider-man from into the spider-verse the older peter parker that kind of comes in and tries to uh end up guiding uh you know um Miles uh, Morales. Dang. Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. I was trying to say Mario Morales, but that's the one I work with. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> All right. My, Miles Morales. He comes in um, He comes in and he mentors Miles Morales. And he kind of reminds me of that Spider-Man in that film. And you can see him tortured and uh, messed up by the fact that Gwen Stacy died at the end of The Making Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, falling down that tower. And it's just... You can see it, and it, it really adds to his character, I think, a whole lot more. And he isn't as quick and as, uh, you know, quirky um, and quick-witted yeah. in, in No Way Home as he was in those films. And it kind of shows the darkness has kind of taken him. And it really expounds on and gives some character growth that he didn't have time to really get in his own films. It really does. And I enjoy the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man just because it, it calls back to the comics a lot more than the other Spider-Men. I like that he had Gwen Stacy first as his as his love interest. The chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone was amazing. You watch that first movie and watching their love really take hold and kind of grow and they're quirky together. Like that you can tell that they're so infatuated with one another and it's genuine. It's, it's not a put on. It's not like we've all been in the high school kind of puppy puppy love stage they really had a connection we can see that in the movies and it, it i just don't know how to explain it I, I love his relationship with gwen and i love how they portrayed that relationship and i wish that andrew garfield had more time because he had the 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 uh the fun spider-man he was the quick and quippy spider-man he made all his own stuff he he really went through character growth in his films, but I, I yeah. just don't know. Was it because he wasn't Tobey Maguire? Maybe that had something to do with it, but these movies are generally seen as like the pariah. Nobody likes these movies, supposedly. Um, I do, but the majority of Spider-Man fans do not like the amazing Spider-Man or so it seems. Yeah. And I mean, I, kind of like what y'all said, I think Andrew Garfield did a fine job in his role. But I think he was dealt a bad hand because, like we mentioned earlier, what makes a good Spider-Man movie is the love story and also, also the villains, right? And I think he was dealt a terrible hand of villains, like you know, just unimpressed. Well, I I don't think so. I, I like the Lizard as his first villain. That's a good starter villain, and they give the the Lizard an amazing story. They give him the he worked with Peter's dad, and he was a super scientist and he's trying to grow his arm. Like they gave that character a lot of development. It just wasn't good enough for some people, I guess the second movie got a little Spider-Man three ish with introducing the hop or the green goblin at the very end. You know, it it was, it was, Mm -hmm. it was really rushed. I don't like how he just came in. There was really no primary villain in that movie. that's where that movie was misguided. The first Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man was great. The second one seemed to kind of get off course with its plot and at least the villain part of it. Side story real quick. I went to go, I went to the movies to see the second Amazing Amazing Spider-Man 2 with this girl and uh, oh, yeah? she was pretty hot. Oh yeah? Yeah. Wesley. 
This is not Dork Wars After Dark, by the way. It's just regular Dork Wars. <laughs> I don't remember the movie that well, and it wasn't. I wasn't impressed by it, but the girl was like a eight. So I, therefore, I give this movie an eight out of ten because of her. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you go to the movies with Emma Stone? Like, uh... <laughs> like no. Don't disrespect Emma like that. She's a she's a ten. <laughs> no, for for the villains for that uh, building off of it, I liked Jamie Foxx in it. I, I think he got dealt bad hand being that weird blue hoodie, quirky, yeah. really weird technician type of thing. But I mean, you see him in No Way Home, and you're like, oh my god, Jamie Foxx is great in that movie. He could have been better in Amazing Spider-Man yeah. too. They they wrote him very. They badly. wrote him so bad. Like mm. you get a actor with the caliber of jamie fox and you basically waste it in the way i see right um and then the way they then, brung yeah, harry in like it was so yeah rushed. The, the harry thing it was the rushed. harry thing i it was rushed it wasn't like it didn't go over well with james franco why would it go over well with i don't even know who plays harry in in uh the amazing spider-man films uh, that's how much that's how little screen time he got yeah and it's the guy like, he plays in. Ah, what's that? Like, it's a superhero. Like, it's like a documentary superhero movie with like teenagers. Michael B. Jordan's in it. I cannot remember the name of that movie right now. Yeah, I think they brought him in to the Amazing Spider-Man too. I think it was a good idea to introduce him. And and a lot of these movies get off course because they introduce a character and try to develop them all in one movie. It happened with Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight, the same way. Like, they introduce him, and then they put his entire character development in two hours, and it just it just seems rushed. I wish they would have made the third Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man movie, and put Harry in it maybe as the villain. Like, develop him into that, that villain that he is. Don't just stick him in there as, like, a tortured kid that we don't have any background on. Oh, yeah, I'm the son of Harry Osborn. He's got a lot going on. And Peter was my friend when I was like four years old. Like it, it just really didn't have the emotional impact that Harry turning into the Green Goblin did in the the original Sam Raimi trilogy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's a big thing. And also the fact that I mean, Harry, or apparently Harry and Norman have just some disease that makes them goblin-like. Yeah, that <laughs> that was so odd. Yeah, it was a weird choice. And as great as Andrew Garfield's <laughs> Spider-Man is, yes, the the I think the first Amazing Spider-Man movie was excellent. The second one was good in parts. I like the Spider-Man bits. I like his relationship with Gwen Stacy. But the villains really just did not hit the mark. The The best scenes in that movie are yeah. the ones between him and Gwen. And then at the end, I do like the Green Goblin scene where Gwen dies like i hate to say that but that scene had a lot of emotional presence but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have the build-up that mm-hmm. it should because harry just became the green goblin five minutes ago the, the same thing could have been accomplished had they used jamie fox and done it and i think it would have been more impactful had that happened yeah but i think they were really going for the comic book feel here and i think yeah. like i said this movie or this duality, this duology, if you will, really hones in on the comic connection between these movies and the Spider-Man comics. And Gwen Stacy dying at the hands of Hobgoblin, well, not really Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin is the uh, the trigger, but Spider-Man's the bullet, man. Spider-Man, you know, tries to save Gwen and ends up snapping her neck trying to save her. 
is the best scene through both movies for me. It's sad, but it's impactful. It really hit me in the feels. Like you can feel the pain. You can feel the pain in Andrew Garfield when he loses her. Like even like you can see it in No Way Home, but in even in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, like. He goes so cold and so dark, even in that movie after that. It really struck a chord with me. Yeah, that's like the only scene I remember from really? the Amazing Spider-Man series. As bad as that sounds. And I hate yeah. I can remember more, but I've seen those movies multiple times just because I enjoy them. But hopefully Andrew Garfield is going to get a, a do-over. I, I hope that he gets his due. You know, like, he, he deserves it because he played a great character I think that the second Amazing Spider-Man movie kind of kind of messed him up. They they did the Spider-Man 3 thing that didn't work, introduced way too many villains. They even tried to set up the Sinister Six, if you notice. Um, at the end, yeah. you know, you got the Goblin oh, Glider. The Rhino at the, the end. Rhino oh, the, I actually like that the Rhino. Rhino at the end. I like it. I actually that like Rhino it. design, really? Yeah. I think it was cool. It was It was different. It was different, but like... What are you comparing it to? We haven't seen a rhino in, you know, exactly. It was just cool. He was, he was, a, he was a Russian dude in, in a rhino suit. It was neat. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, we may see Andrew Garfield in the Morbius film. We may figure out if that's in his universe. And uh, since obviously he's back for playing, Spy- he's down to play Spider Man again, um, maybe Sony and Marvel worked out something with him. Who knows? I want to see Andrew Garfield go up against Tom Hardy. I want to see that Spider-Man go against that Venom. Oh, man. That would be amazing. We know Morbius takes place in the same universe as as, uh, Tom Hardy's Venom, so if if Andrew Garfield's there, then yeah, I'll say what happened. Yeah. I hope you're right, Grant. It it could be the redemption for his Spider-Man that he deserves, and I wholeheartedly support that. So let's let's go on and move into Tom Holland's Spider-Man, the MCU. This takes place in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. There's a lot going on. It's not just Spider-Man in these movies, unfortunately. You have the influences of Iron Man. You have the influences of the Avengers and all these different different things. And it makes it a different story. It makes it entirely different. And while it, it, it can be refreshing, while, these, while his movies are great, you, you don't see the origin, which is fine. I did not want to see Uncle Ben die a third time. Like, I, I didn't want to see that. But I don't feel emotionally connected to this Peter Parker until No Way Home. I really don't. I don't feel like... Like he's developed well until he gets to the third movie because his suit's made for him by Tony Stark. He's guided by Tony Stark in the first movie. Um, the second movie, he you know he's been an Avenger and he's coming back from the blip and he's had all those experiences. And I just yeah, I just feel like that his character is taken away from because. He has all this outside help. He didn't do it on his own like the original Spider-Man do. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. He's just not his own hero. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, he, he definitely had Iron Man as a crutch through the first couple of his movies of his trilogy. But once he got to the last movie, you know, we finally get to see him on his own. And 
And, well, I yeah. would say even the second movie, they start to. It's the first movie after uh, you know uh, the you know it's, Iron Man's it's death. It's the and first movie of, of Phase that. Four. Yeah. Okay. Endgame. Well, no, it's the la- no, it's the last movie of Phase Three. It's technically the actual final one in Phase Three of Marvel's plan. They don't count Phase Four until uh, whatever show came out next because I don't think there was a movie between that one. Yeah, I think WandaVision is the first thing technically Phase Four. We'll have to we'll have to um, look but, that up, but I think I don't know. I might be at odds with you. I think no. Nah, they they announced it because everyone's like, "This is beginning of phase four, and they're like, yeah, "No, no, it's right. la- the last of phase three. But why? Um, so, why would it be that way? Because I would think Endgame would be a. I mean, that's the conclusion of that story. Period. But it, it changes. But you got to think, phase three. It was all that. It was the Avengers. It was everything like that. Now, and you think you look at the phase four stuff that we have, the TV shows, the the movies. The storytelling has changed. It's not all about the Avengers anymore, and it's infighting. Yeah, and it started, and it started with the second Spider-Man movie. It started with Far From Home, not far. Yeah, Far From Home. It started with that. So that should have been the first Phase Four movie because that's where we get Quentin Beck. We get the the Iron Man's gone now. We have to move on. That is the next phase of the story. The the that first story ended there with Endgame. That's at least my opinion. That sets up that phase, though. If you think back to the earlier phases, the last film in each phase sets up the story arc that the next phase is going to go after and has to conquer. That's true. It isn't set up in the first one of each. It's in the last one of the previous. But I will say that phase three ended phase one, two, and three. There wasn't even an end credit scene at the end of Endgame because it was such a finality. And I think they should have kept with that or whatever it doesn't matter what they called it it's the next yeah movie in this in the story anyway whether it's phase four but, or phase three it's the next step so yeah regardless of that back back to what i was saying about it i think we start to see him to go on his own uh he in that movie he has to decide uh you know they're in london he has to decide and or actually all throughout europe and he has to choose hey you know, I, I gotta, I gotta step up and be a responsible one for this. I, I'm the next thing. There is no other thing here, and he can't rely on Tony. Yes, he gets his tech, and yes, he has our great Lord and Savior John Favreau there as Happy Hogan <laughs> guiding him through. Right. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, ultimately, it's the beginning of his story without, without Tony, without Iron Man, without you know, right, being told what to do. He, I mean, yeah, you got Nick Fury and Samuel L. Jackson being himself, but. Ultimately, it's about Tom Holland becoming the per- or the hero that he wants and needs to be. That's right, and that, that that second movie really begins his journey to being his own hero. While I wish it would have started out that way, that it just didn't happen. And having that progression, he was introduced in Civil War. Like he wasn't even introduced in his own movie. He was introduced in Captain America: Civil War, which was great. It was refreshing uh-huh. to to not see his beginnings, to not see Uncle Ben get killed, and you know, tell him with great power comes great responsibility. That's fine, but I I wish that Iron Man kind of was left out of that first movie a little bit. Like maybe have a cameo, but he played a a big part in that movie, even with limited screen time. I mean, I agree. It, it was kind of like a crutch having Iron Man in there, but at the same time, in the bigger picture, it does help like the development showing how close Spider-Man and Iron Man were and how devastating right. Endgame was, you know, um, like losing, losing a father figure. I think that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is a great Spider-Man for the MCU, but maybe not for his own character, which 
when you're part of such a big universe or a big um sequence of movies, I mean there's already a ton of heroes in this universe. It makes sense. Tom Holland is my favorite Spider-Man now just because of the last two films. I, I like the first one too, and seeing him and all the Marvel stuff has been yeah, great. I agree. But like he, he's quirky, mm-hmm. he's funny. He's just like in even in real life, he is the quirky, weird kid to Peter Parker type of deal. Like he he spoils everything. That's what he's known for. <laughs> like him and Mark Ruffalo. Um and it's just funny to see to see him do that and he just fits the part. He just fits the part so well. The uh yeah, just Overall, this is this is going to be a uh, Tom Holland's my favorite due to that. And also, I know we've touched on a little bit, Blake. As you said, uh, we haven't seen Uncle Ben die yet. They're actually making a Disney Plus series that goes back and and tells that story for this MCU. We get we will see his origin, but it's going to be a TV show rather than a movie on Disney Plus. So, are you telling me we're getting Tom a oh. Tom Holland TV show on Disney Plus? I didn't know that. It's not Tom Holland who's going to be playing him. I believe it's actually going to be an animated uh, version of it that's going to okay. tell that story. Uh, so, yeah, they announced that uh, probably a year or so ago. I haven't heard anything about it recently, but uh, I haven't heard that it's canceled or anything. So, as far as I know, it's still up. And that can bring some death to the character, but I can agree with you, Grant. I'm not saying that Tom Holland's Spider-Man isn't a good Spider-Man. I think he's quirky. I think he has good quips. Um, when he's fighting bad guys and when he's in that Spider-Man persona, he does a good job. I just don't think he has the impact that the first two did for me. That being said, Spider-Man No Way Home is an amazing movie. Like, it's probably one of my favorite movies, period, in the MCU. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I mean, of course, you have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this movie with, with Tom Holland. So how can it not be the best? But you also get the best of Rogue Gallery of Spider-Man. Like, you get all his best villains. You get the Green Goblin and Doc Ock and Sandman and Electro. Like, all the greats. Definitely, definitely. I definitely appreciate, like, the nostalgia we get. And, you know, it, it, it quenches that thirst for us, that hunger we had. So I, well, I appreciate that. the first two that. Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, it just felt like there was more to be had. We all know that Sam Raimi wanted to do a fourth Spider-Man film. It never happened. And there should have been another amazing Spider-Man film. If you look at the uh, end credit scenes and some of the deleted scenes, there was supposed to be, of course, the Sinister Six. It turns out that Peter's dad, like, survived whatever uh, the, uh, the mission that they went on that they both supposedly died on, him and his mom. And there, there was more story to be told there that just never made it to us. But this movie brings some closure to those, to those plots of both storylines, of both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. We find out that um, Peter Parker and Mary Jane in the Sam Raimi universe are making it work. I don't know if they're together or whatever. They're, they're doing their thing. Uh, we find out that Andrew Garfield... I still feel kind of bummed on Andrew Garfield because he never found his Mary Jane. He's still pining over uh, Gwen Stacy and and brooding over that. Yeah. But it was good to see both of them and Mm -hmm. catch up with those characters. Yeah, it was nice to see and uh, see how things have changed. And we got to remember for uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, it's only been a couple years so um, for him. So he's probably still, you know, figuring out and he's just now seeming to really heal a little bit and will uh, ultimately probably find his Mary Jane if they do make a third film. 
But speaking of this No Way Home, uh, I don't want to steal too much thunder off of it, but like they set up for the next couple films for Spider-Man to be absolutely incredible. Yeah. Just, it, it's a reset. They, right. they found a way to reset him and the MCU to do exactly kind of like what you were talking about, like set, being figuring out how to be Spider-Man on his own. And he starts off by making his own suit that we see at the very end of the film, and it, it looks incredible. It, it, it looks like the best Spider-Man, like live-action Spider-Man suit we've probably ever seen. I can agree with you that I like where Tom Holland's Spider-Man ended up. I like that he has to do things on his own. He has to start over. That is one of the best things about No Way Home. Um, the other the other thing about No Way Home that's great is, of course, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. The movie was really good before they showed up. I love the movie. I love seeing the old villains. Willem Dafoe's chilling, even more chilling in this movie than he was in the first Spider-Man film. He was scary, man. I mean, he, kill, he kills um, Aunt May. Like, that's, oh my God. Like He finally did it. He did, Yeah, he finally <laughs> did it. It took him 20 years, but he did it. He killed Aunt May. Um, she said one bad remark at Thanksgiving dinner, and he held on to that grudge. Sure enough, and then came and killed her younger, hotter <laughs> self. I just, crazy. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that Tom Holland was not the best part about No Way Home. The The best part about No Way Home was seeing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, was seeing Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. That was the best part for yeah. me of that, of that movie. Like it, it wasn't Tom Holland. And while his story arc was amazing and I liked what they did with his character, the nostalgia kind of took away from his story. I don't think it took away from a story for me. I think the storytelling that in that specific film is just so fantastic that it doesn't take anything away from it. It just adds yeah. to it. It makes it, it makes us feel more for him. Like he, we see him lose his Aunt May, uh, you know, and now he has no one. He has MJ and he has Ned. No, he, and then we he see him lose him too. Yeah. Well, no, but, but I, I, where I'm going to, with, with it, it, though is we see him and he's learning how to deal with that loss. And who better teach him how to deal with that loss than other versions of himself that we've seen deal with loss like this before? That's true. My question yeah. is, I know no one remembers Peter Parker, so what about in those other universes? Does everyone forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man in the Sam Raimi universe and the Andrew Garfield universe? Like, I hadn't thought of that. I don't think that would be touched on. I want, I want to find out. I don't think I so. Know. I, I feel like it... Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I... I I hadn't thought of it, but I felt like it only applied to that university we're currently in, the Tom Holland universe, but I, who knows? I, I don't know. It's something that I want to know, and I love seeing all the, like, the, bad, the shadows of all the bad guys in No Way Home when they're trying to break through and come into uh, the, uh, the MCU. Some of them make it through, obviously. Venom does and all that, which I'm still kind of fuzzy on. I'll, I'll explain that later in a moment, maybe. But seeing all like the the silhouettes of all the bad guys trying to come into the MCU was pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely was, um, for sure. Something cool to see. And the Venom thing, I think they explain it in Venom Two how it ha happens actually, and you got to watch that to understand it. And it's really weird. Well, I've seen Venom Two, but but how he doesn't know who Spider Man is. If he doesn't know who Spider-Man is, how does he get to the MCU where... But here, here's how it works, okay? Since we're going to ask the questions, we'll get right into it. 
Um, so the symbiotes have a hive mind. It says so in Venom 1 and in Venom 2. So anything that one of them has seen and knows, every one of them see and know. So the theory of how Eddie Brock's, uh, or Tom Hardy's Venom and Eddie got pulled to the MCU is because that, that Venom has a hive knowledge with the Venom from the Tobey Maguire universe. Like, it goes across universes, the hive mind does. I don't know. that. That's weird. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, how... How can you have a hive mind with a universe you've never been to? I just, I don't know. I think that's a well, little, when you think much. about it, because we have a lot going on right now in the MCU that would actually make this make sense. Because, yeah, think of the the Loki show and how that all branched off and now all of them are intersecting in all the past. So, like, basically the hive mind could go up to, you know, the TF, or, yeah. That's true, you know, but they weren't the TVA aware of all. And do they weren't aware of one another. They but weren't think, aware of what, you, what each it, other It knew. doesn't matter if you're aware of each other. If As long as the gateway is <laughs> open, then their knowledge could pass through without even them having to try. Because that's just the way that their species is made. That's true. Yeah, I, I mean, independently, I, I independently, I think it's a crazy theory. But like, like Grant said, like there's so much going on across the entire universe. Like, I, I can see it being legitimate. Yeah, and I, I do <laughs> like the addition of of Tom Hardy in like the uh, the end credit scenes of No Way Home, just him in Mexico having a drink at the bar, and then being sucked back into his universe. But one thing that remains is a, a piece of the symbiote that was attached to Eddie Brock remains in the MCU, remains in the Tom Holland universe. So uh, I can't wait to see where that goes. He gets his black suit. Andrew's going to be left out. Yeah, that's going to suck, man. Well, I don't know. He <laughs> might get his too. I mean, if, if... Yeah, he might get his too. But uh, yeah. that, it's just, it seems like it's setting up for that in the next uh, trilogy. I don't know if it's going to be Spider-Man 4 for Tom Holland or if it will be... Um, a movie after that but it's definitely set up there so, and knowing the mcu will probably be after the next one because that's what they do so i'm kind of moving back a little bit but seeing andrew garfield in no way home he kind of has darker tendencies anyway so to see him bond with a symbiote would be i don't know i i would like to see that i, I want to see andrew garfield with the with with uh, the venom symbiote well, from the Venom from the Tom Hardy films, it would make sense because he would probably let uh, let that Venom eat people. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love the Venom movies. Like, they're so great. Uh, <laughs> they are very, under, like, Let There Be Carnage was very short and kind of It was. Eh. But, like, Venom, like, the symbiote Venom and uh, Tom Hardy in those films are fantastic. They have a good connection, man. They're, they're like an old married couple. I love it. Highly recommend you watch those, Wesley, if you haven't. Okay. I mean, yeah, you, don't listen to all the them. bad press. They're hilarious. I'll give you my voodoo password. The first one is excellent. The second one's okay. It's, it's not bad. But um, just. It is the shortest like movie hero or superhero film that's ever been put out. Just put that yeah. into reference. Yeah, it's true. Mm. <laughs> but I think Tom Hardy plays a great Eddie Brock. And I think. I, I prefer that Venom from Spider Man 3's Venom. Yeah. So let's let's go on and move into the rating part of this. So who is your guys' favorite Spider-Man? Let's start with uh, Grant. Grant, who is your favorite Spider-Man? Well, rather than just say my favorite Spider-Man, I'm going to rank the three Spider-Man because I think that's more interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, let's change the game. Everyone, let's rank the Spider-Man on some kind of tier. So Grant, come up with a tier as you're rating your Spider-Man. All right. So in the bottom tier, which we shall call <clears throat> was dealt the worst mm-hmm. hand of all. We're going to put Andrew Garfield because he literally was dealt the worst hand of all. Um, 
He's a fantastic actor. Like, if you see, if you watch any Andrew Garfield film, he usually carries the film nine times out of ten. He's a fantastic actor, and he just really got dealt a bad hand um, with The Amazing Spider-Man 2 specifically and not getting a third film. Over there in the, uh, it's going to be nostalgia for me, baby. It's going to be Tobey Maguire in that tier right above him. Um, you know, we got to be realistic. The nostalgia glasses is always going to cloud our vision about who's the best at something. Right. So uh, we have to take that into consideration and, and just know that Tobey Maguire was a great one. And they're, they're all great in their own right. They're, each of them do. Um, a lot of the times it's just bad writing or other things like that that have really killed these, these franchises and killed these characters um, and their movies. So he gets there, and then at the very top, because he just seems to be the one that's shown to be the most like Peter in real life, I will say, is definitely going to be Tom Holland. And uh, he, just like I said, he acts like Peter in real life. Um, he is very interesting. Um, and he's just, he's quirky, he's funny, he's geeky, and he's just, he, he just fits the part so well that it's, it's hard to see him not playing this role. And it's really helped his career a lot as well. So I, li- I like what you said about Andrew Garfield getting the bottom spot because he was dealt the worst hand. I can totally agree with you there. As far as he him getting dealt a really bad hand, so Tom Holland and I, I, I neglected to say this while we were talking about him. I guess it just didn't come up. I feel that Tobey Maguire plays a great Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield plays a great Spider Man. I feel Tom Holland just does on par with both. That's just me. I think he's just kind of he's good at Peter Parker. He's good at Spider Man, but I think. It's a it's a medium like he's good at both, but I feel like Andrew Garfield played a better Spider Man, and I feel like Tobey Maguire played a better Peter Parker than Tom Holland did on either count. So uh, Wesley, who are your favorite Spider Man? Rank them one through three. Who who do you think? Yeah, um, it, it's gonna. It's, I'm not gonna differentiate much from what Grant said. You know, Andrew Garfield he got dealt a bad hand, so he's gonna Boo. be at the bottom. Um, I, I will say he got. I get. I'll give him props because he did date Gwen Stacy, so um, I'll give him that. And he he did the best he could. Uh, one thing I did not also one thing I did not like about Andrew Garfield was he seemed a little older to be like in high school, which always felt a little weird to me. Um, just the actor himself, <laughs> but Tobey Maguire, uh, of course, he set the standard of what we expect out of a Spider Man. He set the bar. Um, so for that, he is you know he's gonna be my number two because that was the expectation of what we had. He also was a little older. To me, to be like this quirky, goofy. yeah, he was definitely he definitely didn't look high school age. Andrew Garfield was way more believable as a high school student than than uh, Tobey Maguire. But Tobey Maguire might have been thirty. I don't even know. <laughs> but um, so then comes Tom Holland, who actually does look like a kid. You know, I think when he started Spider Man, he was like nineteen years old as an actor. So, um, and I, you know, I found his jokes funny, I, quirky, and he felt like. He felt like a Spider-Man, like a a better Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So he's my number one. Plus, I like uh, his relationship with Zendaya. Like I think, like I said before, like uh, the the love story in Spider-Man is what makes it a really good Spider-Man movie. And so I I, I like the chemistry he and Zendaya have, Mary Jane. So I do want to pick off that real quick. I did not talk about the love story between um, Tom Holland and Zendaya's characters, respectively. Um, Peter Parker and MJ. 
I think they went they went a weird way with MJ in the new series. Like she's nothing like the old Mary Jane. She doesn't even have the same name. She's just MJ, you know. And I th- I think that was a weird deviation with 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 the whole multiverse thing going on. You know, it's okay. Who you know, it's not the biggest thing for me. I just thought it was a weird reveal when we find out at the end of um, Homecoming that she mm-hmm. is the love interest for this series of movies. Yeah, he she MJ. is MJ. I think her personality as MJ is different than any MJ that's ever been because obviously she's not Mary Jane. She's yeah. what, Michelle Jones, I think? That is correct. So she's, she's mm-hmm. a brand new character, which is fine. I don't, I don't mind that. I just feel like they tried to make the MJ connection, and MJ was just this bubbly personality. She was this charismatic, um, lively person, and Michelle Jones MJ in the MCU is not that whatsoever. <laughs> she is very, very <laughs> dark, very pessimistic, and <laughs> she kind of just brings the whole room down <laughs> when she's there. I fe- I felt like her character was very flat, and their chemistry is okay. I just feel like there's there's a lot on the uh, the Tom Holland end of that relationship, and not very much on the the Michelle Jones MJ end of that relationship. I, I feel like her character fell <laughs> flat for me. I, I wish she would have been a little bit more lively. And and that's fine, you know, to each their own. Like, yeah, no yeah. problem here. My theory about it is they're actually going to uh, introduce either uh, Felicia Harding or. Um, or Gwen Stacy in the next films when, you know, MJ doesn't remember him is my guess. Yeah, that that may be true. So now I feel bad. So in the original Spider-Man, was it Felicia Hardy or was it Gwen Stacy that was It was Gwen Stacy. Yeah, she was the she was the white blonde lady, right? Yep. Okay. Felicia showed up in the Amazing Spider-Man two as Harry's like assistant of all things, That's right. which was really That's odd. Right. I couldn't remember because Felicia Hardy is another one of the Spider Man girls. She she's a uh, stereotypically black cat. Yep, I, I think they're going to use use the uh, next films to set up Felicia Harding and then Black Cat for the MCU's. My guess, and that would really bring Tom uh, Tom Holland up for me in the Spider Man rankings. But since we're on the topic, I'm going to rank my Spider Man at the bottom. I have Tom. Holland. I'm the reverse Ooh. of you guys. Like you guys had the same list. I have the reverse. I have Tom Holland at the bottom. He, he does an okay. Spider-Man. He does an okay. Peter Parker. He had a lot of crutches at the beginning and he's coming into his own. He he's, he's getting there, but he's had a lot of help up to this point. He's really never done anything by himself. Toby McGuire. I love Toby. He's who I grew up with. Plays an amazing Peter Parker. He does. He does a great Spider-Man. And he's he's great at it, but I just feel that Andrew Garfield was a talent that wasn't realized. Like, and we're seeing it now. There's like a resurgence of uh, people loving the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. Like everybody's talking about it. They're all like, "Yeah, he should have got that third movie." Where where were you guys at ten years ago? You know, um, <laughs> I just think that. Andrew Garfield did such an amazing job. Yes, he got dealt a bad hand. This the first movie was fine. I think the first Amazing Spider-Man movie did a did a great job setting up the characters and introducing who Spider-Man was, introducing Gwen Stacy, their love story, and all the all the surrounding characters were great. That second movie was not amazing in terms of writing, 
in execution. But Andrew Garfield did, still did a bang-up job, and there was a lot of ideas that could have carried on into the next movie that could have made that movie great. I just feel like we messed out on it. So, I've got Andrew Garfield at the top, Tobey Maguire in the middle, and unfortunately, Tom Holland at the bottom for now. That could change. He's still got movies to do. So, uh, this has been a great discussion, guys. I I really enjoy Spider Man. He's 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 the everyman. I love Spider Man for being relatable. A- any final comments on Spider Man in the cinematic universe? Oh, we forgot the best Spider Man of all. Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Porker? Yeah. <laughs> Not from. Th- there's two t- different ones, by the way. There's Spider Ham and Spider Pig. Which one are we talking well, about? Spider Ham is from yeah. The Simpsons, right? <laughs> no, that's Spider Pig. No, Spider Pig. Spider oh, Ham's no. from. Spider Pig. Spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. Mm hmm. Oh gosh, I'm I'm just not a Spider Man fan. I guess. I... Come on. <laughs> so Spider Spider Ham, or so Spider Ham is at the top, or Spider Pig. Spider Ham is the uh, actual Into the Spider Verse one. Spider Pig is the Simpsons one. Well, I get that. So who do we rank on top? Spider Man. Spider Pig or Spider Ham? Spider Pig. It, it's gotta yeah. be Spider Pig. I mean, he has yeah. he has Homer Simpson with him. Spider Pig. Spider Pig does whatever a Spider Pig does. I love Spider Man. Love talking about him. Like, you want to do like a rapid fire of your favorite Spider Man game? Oh man! Ooh, Ooh Wesley just had a great Ooh, Wesley. Ooh. Wesley, gosh, with the with the with with the amazingness, a new segment, <laughs> hot hot takes some Spider Man games. Hot. All right, Wesley, you start out. What's your favorite okay, Spider-Man okay. game? Uh, Sega Genesis. I'm gonna go. I actually don't know the name of it, but it was one that had like the Kingpin and like Spider-Man versus the Kingpin or something like that. Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis Spider-Man. All right, Grant. What is your favorite Spider-Man game? I'm gonna go controversial. It's gonna be Spider-Man by Insomniac. Spider-Man by Insomniac. Which which one is that? There's been a lot of the, games the called just... Spider Spider-Man PS4. That's the newest. Okay. Great game. So for me, gosh, I got a tie. I've got a tie in my head. It's got to be the newest Spider-Man game, which was amazing. Great story, great graphics, great gameplay. Um, this game played a lot like um, what was it, Arkham Asylum or Arkham City? I think it was Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man and Batman had the same like battle style, but it worked way better for mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Same people did both games. But it's the tie between that and Spider-Man 2000. Ooh. It came out on PlayStation 1. That had a great, great story. One. It has Venom in it. It has Carnage. Uh, oh, you could put in the cheat codes and get different Spider-Man suits, like the Ben Riley suit and the, the, uh, the Amazing Bagman. You can get all those suits in the new Spider-Man game as well. But back in the day, that was just cool. Definitely, I agree. Grant, do you remember playing that game with me? I know, I know that I do. I remember swinging around in the city, and by playing with you, you meant me sitting there while you were playing it. When I was watching, yeah, you you remember you had to get the you had to in the end game you had to get the magnesium for your webs to kill the symbiotes, like the little yeah. symbiote creatures. Oh man, the Doc Ock level, great times. Yeah, great times, man. Daredevil was in that game. Doc Ock, the Doc Ock level was cool. You're going through the sewers. Oh man, oh. 
I wish they'd just remake that game, but remastered with better graphics. Instead, we get in uh, the Insomniac Spider-Man Two, which I'm I'm good for seeing that too. Uh, it was a great game. So um, now that this rapid fire ha- is over, uh, great great addition, <laughs> Wesley. Let's uh, turn it over to the Jedi Grandmaster himself, Master Yoda, for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Hmm. Villains, the word of the week is. <laughs> so, Master Yoda, you have chosen villains for your word of the week. Why is that? Hmm. Spider-Man, great villains he has. Scary they are. Interesting they are. Great stories they have. So I can agree with you there. They they do have great stories. And they do have great build-ups for the most part. I feel like The Amazing Spider-Man, and even Spider-Man 3, the original Spider-Man 3, had some really rushed uh, rushed things going on. They, they really rushed uh, Venom. They rushed... Uh, Harry as the the goblin Sandman he got the best development I guess out of Spider-Man 3 but even in the new like the amazing Spider-Man we have Electro which was kind of he fell flat for me you got that the new Harry the Rhino they were just all kind of rushed yes rushed they were (laughs) but great was Green Goblin in the first (laughs) Spider-Man true true great was Doc Ock in the second Spider-Man film yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that too, Master Yoda. Hmm, the lizard. Not too bad he was in the first Amazing Spider-Man film. Well, I, I didn't realize that you were a, a film connoisseur, Master Yoda. Uh, you, you've never really, like, gave off that uh, that vibe to me. Hmm, what I do in my free time. No business of yours, Skis. There's not even cable on Dagobah. How do you watch this? Hmm, streaming channels I have. Bought them on Voodoo, I did. <laughs> <laughs> your password well it's nice to know there's at least internet yes satellite internet your password I would not (laughs) (laughs) do you have Starlink Master Yoda Mm, yes very good it has been stream all the channels I can very high quality it is well Master Yoda do do you mind sharing your passwords with us or Mm, no buy them yourself you must crack down on this Netflix ass yeah, that that is true. People are are getting banned from Netflix because of this now. So let's let's not do that. So so this has been another great episode of Dork Wars the podcast. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, anywhere that you can find your podcast, you'll find us. Type in Dork Wars the podcast link tree on Google. You will find our link tree. That'll give you links to our social medias, our platforms that we're on, our merchandise store. So go and check us out. Thank you all again for listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Thanks, Hot Nice production.